Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Well, happy Week 15, Saints fans. Steve Geller along with Jeff Nowak bringing you first take getting ready for a Saints-Falcons matchup that didn't seem to have really much hype building around it this week, Jeff. No, no, but the Saints are favored, which I don't know if I've been able to say that for a while. The Saints are four and a half point favorites in this game at home. Um, yeah, yeah, it's 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 weird because it's like you kind of gave up giving up on the season. Like I kind of have, even though there is kind of this pipe dream of maybe they went out and the Bucks lose three or four. Nah, right. You know, it's not we're talking about at this point, but you know, it still feels like man, you got to beat the Falcons at home. You can't lose Amen this game. To that, right? that would be ugly. Like this is a guy making his first career start against a defense who should be able to make him confused at the minimum. Uh, the Saints should win this game. And, you know, it's like, I don't even know what I would say if they didn't win this game because it's like, this is a game you got to win. Like, I don't think the Falcons really want to win this game. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it's it's interesting. And uh, cause you're, you're here, if you're from Algiers, this is your day. Right. Because you're going to hear the name Algier a lot because um, the Falcons running back who wasn't even like a name you heard in that week one matchup. It, I, I wrote this yesterday. It's like, this is a rematch. But this does not feel like a rematch. Like, there's so, so many, many things, pieces missing, right? right? Like, the teams you saw play in week one, at least the offenses, are so different from what you're seeing in week 15. Like, you, you, in week one, you had Jameis Winston, Mike Thomas. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, there's there's several others. But, like, on the Falcons side, you, you had... You say Ingram, if you want. Yeah, Ingram. You had Marcus Mariota. You had Kyle Pitts, right. you know. Cordero Patterson went off for 130 huh. yards and like just got every carry in that game. Today you're going to see very much a timeshare. It's a very different set of teams. Um, the wild thing is like the Falcons. Well, they say they might not want to win this game because you know it probably is just not worth it. But they actually have a better chance at the playoffs. I mean, they're five and eight. They're a game out of the division lead with a chance to beat the Bucks going forward. So. You know, it's uh, it's it's something for them. And, Plus, uh, it's playing the Saints, and you know, yeah. every everybody in this matchup doesn't like each other. Yeah, yeah. So the Falcons' offense, the number twenty-eight passing offense in the NFL, number four rushing offense in the NFL. I'm sorry, the number thirty-one passing offense and the number twenty-eight overall offense, the number four rushing offense in the NFL. Ouch. Well, so I think that's going to change. I think with Desmond Ritter in there. And I think that's what makes this a little complicated if you're a defensive coordinator is I don't think they're going to operate the same way. You know, Arthur Smith has always been kind of a read option, you know, RPO kind of style coach and offense. But I don't know if that's that you're going to operate quite as heavily in that regard with Desmond Ritter. I think he has a better arm. So 
You know, you're, this is the second time the Saints have faced the Falcons with a quarterback that they don't really know what to expect from this season because in week one you didn't have any tape on Marcus Mariota on the Falcons outside of a few preseason snaps in week 15 you don't have any tape on Desmond Ritter in the Falcons offense outside of a few preseason snaps so um, we'll see what happens yeah and I mean I still think you're gonna see Ritter as a guy who is someone who can run but he's definitely not as mobile a quarterback as Mariota yeah I I think Cam Jordan would say when they played after week one, he said, you know, we faced three running backs, right? Like, right. Like and Mariota can throw, but he's looking to run all the time, or at least in that offense he was in Ritter. You have a guy who can run, but he is looking to throw like running is the second option for him. Um, Whereas for Mariota, it was always option one a. And so that's the difference. Like you have a guy who's going to try to stay in the pocket and extend to play, um, and that makes it a little more complicated, but I think it actually makes it easier for this Saints team who has struggled against quarterbacks for like Mariota right. who do want to run at every opportunity because I just don't think they have the team speed to contain the way that you probably would want to. Um, whereas Desmond Ritter, I think he, he gives you a target to, to go after. Um, and I don't think he's as shifty as a guy mm-hmm. like Kyler Murray, a guy that make you miss. Um, so this, you, you got to make him uncomfortable in the pocket. You got to make him see multiple things. You got to change up your coverages and see if you can confuse him. Um, and I think they'll be able to because it's just it's tough making your first start in the NFL. But I do get the Falcons credit waiting until week 15 to put him in there gives him a significant advantage over a lot of rookies making their first career start because he has seen 14 weeks or you know 13 weeks in a bye of NFL football up close and personal. He studied. And now he gets to put that into action. It's the same reason you saw guys like Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers show up and be like, you know, competent quarterbacks right away. So maybe he will be a little ahead of the curve as a rookie. And I know their head coach said basically this was not because of injury to Marcus Mariota, even though he went on injured reserve. But it's uh, pretty convenient that, you know, now that they're ready to go to Desmond Ritter. But I don't know if I would be making that first career NFL start on the road in a Superdome, which is known as one of your NFL's loudest venues. Definitely going to be interesting to see how much this Saints defense can get after Ritter and also this Saints crowd. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's an awkward situation with Marcus, I think, right now. Um, but, like, he got benched. It wasn't like he got hurt and they said, okay, we're going to make the change. He got benched for performance. And, like, that's the factor that – and I think the reason you make that clear if you're Arthur Smith and it kind of it, it does kind of seem like you're adding insult to injury because he you know he's having surgery. It's not like you can't fake surgery. He clearly needed surgery. You're not going to yeah. have a doctor slice your knee open just to just to make it clear you weren't feeling good. Um, I think if you're Arthur Smith, the reason you're making that distinction is Desmond Ritter's the quarterback going forward as long as he you know plays up to like if he doesn't just flame out horribly, right? You don't want to. You're setting up a scenario where. You, you're you're projecting confidence in this guy. It's not because that guy got hurt. It's because you want this guy in the game. And for both Ritter's confidence and kind of your your long term perspective of this team and this offense, I think that is important. Yeah, it's interesting. I was like, well, well, who's behind Desmond Ritter? You got Logan Woodside and Felipe Franks. Felipe, yeah. Mr. Franks, <laughs> the guy they want it to want to be Taysom Hill so hard. Oh um, man, right. I they have put him in I, I remember a few games where they put him in and like these kind of like one off snaps and it just didn't work any of those times. Um but now Felipe, he's a he's a good he's good. I like him. Uh meanwhile over on the I think the Saints offense could be a good sign of getting the run game going this week against a Falcons defense that really 
has struggled to stop the ground attack. I think they're giving up 170 yards a game on the ground. I mean, this is a bad defense. Yeah. This is, I mean, like, this offense has been better than I expected, especially without Kyle Pitts being really any – even when he was healthy, he wasn't really a, a factor. Um, this is the n- number 30 overall off, overall defense. <laughs> I'm sorry. Number oh, – actually – Yes, the number 25 defense against the rush, number 27 against the pass, number 22 in scoring. So, like, this is a defense where you should be able to get right if you're the Saints. Like, we keep hearing about how, okay, you know, 13, getting shut out against the against the 49ers, you know, we're not going to put that on Andy. He actually played pretty well, and there was some other things that happened around him. Guys had the ball bounce off their helmets and, you know, whatnot. And, and fine, you know, Alvin fumbled at the goal line. Can't blame that on the quarterback. Last week, you know, the offense, I thought, struggled at points, but, you know, again, you had balls hit guys in the hands, and they dropped them. Uh, in Olave's case, they hit him in the helmet. There's been a lot of balls hitting guys in the helmet in the last few weeks. <laughs> um, but this is a game where, you know, if the offense can't get going, you do have to look at the quarterback because you can't, you can't have that excuse against the 49ers. You can have that excuse against the 49ers and the Bucks. You can't have that excuse against the Falcons. you got to put points up. Could, you, could we see more Taysom Hill at quarterback since he's been a guy that has demolished the Falcons in the past? I think Taysom Hill should just be the, the, the you know, the like, Falcons, uh, the verse Falcons quarterback. Yeah, you know how, like, when you play in pickup football and you're like, I want to be the quarterback permanent for QB. both sides, right? Permanent QB. <laughs> he should be the permanent QB just against the Falcons. Two weeks a year, he is the starting quarterback. It'll be like an event, right? It'll be like a holiday. Be like, it's Taysom Hill Day. And then you, and you go away too. Yeah, and you beat, you beat down the Falcons by 30 points, and they're just like, we can't stop this guy. That's what they should anyway. Um, I, should, I think that should happen. That's my that's my vote. But no, Taysom Hill. Yeah, I mean he, he, he's the Falcons killer. You got to get him incorporated. You got to get him involved. You know, the, against the um, what game was it? The uh, the Rams against the Rams. I think they they got him heavily involved. Yeah, and that was the plan going into the week. That's what Dennis Allen said that throughout the week they were like, okay, we're going to do a lot of quarterback shifting. We're going to do a lot of heavy Taysom sets, and they did it, and it worked right. And I think that it's easy to look at and say, well, why don't they do this every week? Well, it's not a perfect matchup for that every week. Sometimes it just doesn't doesn't make sense, and sometimes it's not going to work. And I think against the Falcons, it should always work because it has always worked. And so if you don't do it, that's on you. We did see uh, two guys were not active for this game. One in Zach Bourne, who also went on injured reserve after I think it was a, an an- a lot of ankle injuries this year. Yeah, there are at least five guys out with ankle injuries right now. Need, need some new kicks, new or shoes for these guys. questionable right now, which is kind of crazy when you think about it. And we, I, I don't know if part of it is being more cautious with ankle injuries because of what happened with Mike Thomas. Um, but, yeah, I mean, so here, let's just go through the injury report. Yeah, as you mentioned, Zach Bond, linebacker, he's out, which is disappointing. I think he's had a pretty solid season. But, you know, if you get Pete Werner back, his role is going to be heavily diminished anyway. So right. you're not really losing that much, and I expect you to get Pete Werner back today. Uh, safety P.J. Williams also out with a knee injury. It's been a tough season for him with that with that knee injury. Just, or, like, just lower leg injuries. These keep cropping up for him. Um, questionable, uh, J.T. Gray with a hamstring and back. That is an upgrade for him. He has been out the last few weeks. So He kind of had a weird week of practice, though, where he was limited to start, then was a full go, and then was do not, did not practice Friday. Yeah. So I don't yeah. know if it was a setback or giving him rest. That's never a good sign. Um, <laughs> no, right. But, yeah, so, you know, getting him back would be nice. But I think the special teams group has actually been solid without him in there. So, you know, I don't think it's as big of a loss as uh, as it might be otherwise. Uh, and it gives some young guys some chances to, to, to do some work. 
Jawan Johnson with an ankle injury. He was back at practice this week. It'd be nice to get him back. One of those ankle guys. Um, Marshawn Lattimore with the abdomen injury. You know, it's really tough to gauge where he is. You know, when you listen to the coaches, it, I don't think he's going to play, but, um, you know, I think he has a chance. And what Chris Richard said this week is it's more about contact and right. the ability to take contact to that area, which is really hard to replicate in practice. Um, and so it, I don't know how when you when you feel comfortable with that. I think it's going to be up to Marshawn to tell them when he's ready to go. Yeah, that to me when I know co-defensive coordinator Chris Richard and secondary coach mentioning that with with Lattimore, they really haven't ramped up him to that point where he is getting contact in practice, and that's going to be a point that has to happen before you get on the field. I would think. Well, it sounds like they are starting to ramp him up. Right, but he's still limited. He's not a full go. Yeah. And I think the biggest question is, like, how much contact can you take to that area? Just to close that out, tight end Adam Troutman, also an ankle injury. He's questionable. Defensive end Peyton Turner, questionable with an ankle injury. Running back Dwayne Washington, questionable with an illness. And linebacker Pete Werner, questionable with, you guessed it, an ankle injury. On the Falcons side, the only player listed as out or questionable is offensive lineman Chuma Idoga. Yeah, how come theirs, their injury list is so short? Because the Saints <laughs> are unlucky. <laughs> Steve Geller and Jeff Noag bringing you the latest here on First Take. Give us a call on the Oakland Hard Jewelers talking text line, 504-260-1870. Want to hear from you who that's gearing up for them dirty birds in the Caesar Superdome. Coming back with more First Take after the break here on WWL. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. My dream job was obviously to be a starting quarterback in the NFL, so, um, you know, I don't know what everyone's dream job was, but I'm sure if they got the call to go do their dream job, they'd be pretty excited. 
Back here on First Take, Jeff Nowak and Steve Geller doing their dream job. Pre-game coverage, Saints-Falcons. That was Desmond Ritter getting his first NFL start today for Atlanta. We're bringing in now Mike Dettelier on the line. Mike D's Notebook brought to you by the Sports Medicine Center of Thibodeau Regional Health System. And, Mike, we got some fresh meat in the Superdome today. Can the, the Saints take advantage of this rookie quarterback? What are some things that Ritter does well, though, that are going to be a problem for this defense? Just hope um, it's not a Kenny Pickett moment. You know, <laughs> right. what I mean? Amen. Uh, you know, one thing with Desmond, he he's an experienced rookie. He is, you know, he started fifty games in college, so he's a guy that has, you know, has seen a lot at the collegiate level. I mean, when you jump to the pros, it's, it's a much quicker, faster game. But a guy was seen a lot of playing time. And he in his starts in college, he was forty-two wins, six losses. Think of that, forty-two and six. That's pretty good. He started as a freshman <laughs> at, at Cincinnati. So, um, six-foot-three quarterback, um, strong arm. He can make all the NFL throws. When he came to Manning, having watched him at Cincinnati and on tape, uh, you saw he was a very athletic quarterback. He was not necessarily what I would call a runner. He ran when he had to. But, man, he surprised me when he came to Manning camp was just how fast he was. Uh, He was faster than I thought he was out, you know, out in the open field. So uh, he stays away from the critical pick. He will take chances now, and that's the one thing with him. He's going to take some shots which means he presses the envelope trying to throw the football downfield. And uh, I always thought he was a better middle-range, deeper passer than the shorter stuff. And when it's footwork with him on the short stuff, Uh, sometimes he sort of uh, tries to arm it there or almost aim at the player. And he's high. So has Arthur Smith sort of worked with him to get his footwork uh, back in alignment where he doesn't do it? But if it's back to the Cincinnati days, I think what you're going to see here is that they're going to try to kind of press the envelope with the Saints a little further downfield than they did with Mariota. Mariota was much better in the short game than he was with the longer stuff. With Ritter, it's it's flipped. He's better with the medium, longer range throws than he is than he is with the shorter stuff. But one of the things, Steve, is that when he misses, he's high. So a lot of times, that's what led to some interceptions at Cincinnati. You know, the, the receiver kind of goes up on the back, goes up to make a catch, and it's a little too high, and it'll be tipped, and somebody comes up with it. So I'm interested to watch him. I didn't see as much of it in the preseason as I saw in Cincinnati, but does he go back to that? The Saints have to be conscious of his ability to sort of tuck the ball in and take off with it and run downfield. Man, he's deceivingly fast, I guess the best way to put it. Because, you know, a six-foot-three guy, you say, ah, he ain't that fast. No, he, he's that fast. 
if he takes off running with it. And I do think the big key today for the Saints' defense is to stop the running game because we saw in the first uh, game against the Falcons, uh, Cordell Patterson, and now they've got a, another punch in Tyler Algier running the football. So uh, with those three guys, it's going to be a key. But he's a very poised young man. He gets it. He's the five-star general out on the field. He takes over. And nothing really sort of rattles him as a player. Um, and I thought he was the second-best quarterback in this draft class that came out. I, and it was close for me. Uh, I knew Kenny Pickett would go in round one. He seemed to be uh, the prototype that the NFL was looking for. It shocked me that Desmond Ritter lasted as long as he did. And a quarterback star of league, and, and he lasts as long as he did. I think he was 74th overall. Come on, there wasn't 73 players better than Desmond Ritter in, in the draft class uh, this year. No, and I, and I I think during the pre-draft process, it's like you look at these quarterbacks and you look at a guy who just looks like an NFL quarterback. He, everything he does just seems like an NFL quarterback caliber player. And you're just like, wait, he's not? Hold on. He's not a first-round pick? Wait, 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 wait. What am I What am I not seeing here? And that's, that's Desmond Ritter to me. But I think I mentioned a few minutes ago that, you know, this is a rematch of the Saints and Falcons from week one, but it couldn't be more different for a few reasons, yep, obviously. And one of those reasons you mentioned is Tyler Algier, a guy who I called Tyler Allgaier for like the first eight weeks of the season. Then I watched the Falcons play and I was like, <laughs> oh, wait, like Algiers, I should have gotten that right. Um, but yeah, he's a guy who didn't play against the Saints in week one. He didn't get on. He didn't get the, get a nope. touch in that game. But, you know, in, in his 12 games played since, he's had double digit carries in nine of them. And he's looked really good for a rookie. And I think he had some high expectations coming in. He's lived up to them. What does he do well? And what do you expect to see? Because it's going to be a lot more of a timeshare with him and Cordero Patterson today than it was obviously in week one. Yeah, Jeff, I agree with you totally. And the other thing, and I'm sure Arthur's worked on this is to have them both in the backfield at the same time. Uh, I remember Tyler as a freshman at BYU. He played linebacker for him, and then they swung him back because he was a really good high school or running back. He played some safety uh, in high school, too. And then he, he wasn't a running back his first year at BYU. He was, a he was a linebacker, and they swung him back to halfback. He's a, a tough well-built runner. He's not going to give you a lot of wiggle east and west. He's a north-south guy, and he brings it. He's physical. He's 222 pounds as a running back on that 5'11 frame. So he's a bit of a pounder. He's got good field vision. He catches the ball pretty well coming out the backfield. But it's his grit and determination. You can see it as a runner. He grinds out every yard, and he gives the Falcons what they thought they had in Mike Davis a year ago. Because Mike had been a pretty good back in this league, and it, it, it never really clicked for him uh, in Atlanta. Tyler gives him that, and he gives him a one-two punch with Cardell. That's interesting, because we all know Patterson's a speed guy. He, he's kind of a tall, straight-up runner. But he's, he's got a lot of speed, and uh, Tyler is a different runner. 
He's much more of a physical, between-the-tackles, north-south guy. And I think the success they had running the football in the first game, Atlanta goes right back to that. You want to try to protect your quarterback as much as you can. And Tyler Algier is another guy. Haven't watched him at BYU. How did he last that long? It goes to show you some devaluation of the running back position come draft day. And that's a nice one-two combo they have. Uh, now, again, they limited in other areas, but they're pretty good at the running back spot with Cardell and now Tyler Algier uh, stepping up and making some big plays for him as a back. Now, he grinds it out. It, it might be a four yards, six yards, three yards, five yards, but, man, he keeps pounding at you until he kind of breaks the chain. Mike, we're hoping that we get our top corner and Marshawn Lattimore back this week. Yeah. But a guy for uh, the Falcons, what do you feel about A.J. Terrell since he's come into the league since being the 16th overall pick back in 2020? Other than a real tough outing going up against um, Jamar Chase in the national championship <laughs> game. Uh, and, and listen, a lot of people can be in that number. Um, A.J., he is really one of the building blocks uh, for Terry Fontenot uh, and Arthur Smith in Atlanta. His coverage skills are really good. He, he's one of the better uh, cornerbacks in the NFL. Long, lean guy uh, who can run with anyone. And he's got good ball skills. Now, you can't put him on Chris Olave every snap because – I can move Olave around a little bit. But, man, he, he's going to lock down one side of the field for you. He's a very good starting cornerback in this league. And he's in sort of the same area code as Marshawn Lattimore. Um, I, I'm not sure if Lattimore is going to play today or not. Uh, I would think I would lean more toward he's not going to play coming off that injury. Uh, with the kidney and also uh, with the uh, rib injury. But A.J. Terrell, <laughs> man, he is a really good player for him. And he's part of the building blocks for them in the future. And, guys, next year they're going to have over $50 million to spend in, during the free agency time. So th you can get well real quick with $50 million bucks to spend. And so, but but AJ's the keeper, and and he's one of the best cornerbacks in the NFC. No no question about it. Yeah, kind of kind of flipping around to the Saints side. You know, it's rare that you get to Week 15 and you have a brand new face that you really don't know anything about. Um, at least in the sense that the Saints have it right now. But that's what you have in Eno Benjamin just coming Eno. in off the street. Two different teams in the last two months. This is his third, and you know I, I I'm excited to see him play. I don't. You know, you obviously saw him run the Saints ragged in Week Seven, and then didn't do really nothing else. But I think that was more about the Falcon, or I'm sorry, the Cardinals, than anything else. I'm curious, what what do you know about Eno Benjamin? What is his play style? You know, and when he does eventually get on the field, I don't know whether that's going to be this week with three days still on the offense, but I expect it will be over the final three weeks at least. Yeah, and I knew they wanted him when he got cut the first time, but they they lost out on on the waiver claim with him. Short, squatty back, 
speedy, can turn the corner, uh, is a make-you-miss type guy. My big question is, why did two teams cut him loose? See, uh, man, when you get cut during the season twice, uh, that, that, uh, that draws the red flag up for me. Something's not right. Uh, and he was a good running back, you know, in college at Arizona State. Really was. And, and we saw just how productive he can be. Is he a type of guy that if he's not part of being a feature, then, you know, he's maybe not as connected as he should be? I don't know, but that that's strange that two different teams would cut him loose during the year. But I'm not going to question his talent because he is a talented running back and his ability to cut the corner, speed, quickness, get up the field and catches the ball really well coming out of the backfield. What that tells me is that maybe he's not the most focused guy because when, when teams cut you loose, a lot of times it's not about talent. It's maybe about how you handle your role on the football team. And so I'm like you, Jeff. I'm interested to watch him play because I think he could be a really good second option for a team, especially New Orleans. The way they use their backs as runners and also receivers coming out of the backfield. So I would like to really see him. Always appreciate the insight. Mike D's Notebook brought to you by the Sports Medicine Center of Thibodeau Regional Health System. Be talking to you more, Mike, on the Bud Light Countdown to Kickoff coming up at 10 o'clock after the first take. Always appreciate your knowledge, Mikey D. All righty. Thank you, guys. Uh, Go Saints. Thanks, Mike. Steve Geller and Jeff Nowak here on First Take, coming back with more after the break here on WWL. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey, everyone. Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. I feel good. Um, I'm excited to come back. I'm excited to be with my boys. Um, I've missed them. I miss being on the field with them. Um, I think we have a great opportunity. We are excited to be back on first take as I hit the mic off button while I was trying to get back in. That was Eric McCoy. Third time you've done that. Center for the Saints. I'm a little off today. Uh, Good to have him back in the mix. He is happy, obviously, after missing the last four games, being on injured reserve with a calf issue, uh, cleared uh, through the – uh, injured reserve, you know, uh, got back from injured reserve after being this week. Yeah, yeah. The the window opened up. I don't know what you. you I was looking for well, the right terminology so, so for, for that. For Eric, it's interesting because a lot of guys have come back 
to practice and then like you know it was a question of whether they'd play for eric it's like okay he's back he's playing you know no right and it, it is also interesting like i do wonder about you know he has now now whenever you have a second stint of missed time with the same type of injury which that's the case with eric is a calf injury you have to wonder about like okay what is he injuring like what is happening that you, you like because it's like your calf isn't something you think of it's like your, your knee your ankle you're like oh it's gonna keep him out a while yeah you see calf injury and you're like oh okay you know but i think for a center it does make sense because you know you just think of like the stress it puts on your calves have to get down in your stance and you do that you know i mean that probably does make it like if you're a catcher in baseball I'd probably have the same the same difficulty um but no yeah he's i think you it's easy to lose track of how much of an impact he has on that offense when he's in there because you don't even know a lot of what he's doing because he's making a lot of the line calls you know he's he's directing you know he's double teaming and he has to pick where to double team um and especially in the run game i think that's a big part of why you haven't been able to run the ball successfully right. in the last few weeks yeah that's why i think this this game is going to be so huge too against a falcon squad we just talked about before that does not defend the run well and you have your Full starting alignment of offensive linemen is can it be? Is it true? Uh, everybody's back right now for the Saints up front, and it'll be good, obviously, to have you know your starting five back with uh, the Andy man under center. Hopefully, that can help. I guess boost you'd say because Alvin Kamara's season has not been very impressive, and I know he talked about too this week of. He was showing off his speed in front of coaches to show that he can still run. Uh, he took offense to a a tweet. I guess his brother, he said, showed him that Alvin Kamara had lost a step. And I hope, I am hoping he's looking to prove that tweet wrong. I've been calling, I think, the last two games for this, uh, for him at running back to have a bust-out performance, looking more for that Raiders outing that he had back in week eight. I think that's right. Week eight, where he had the three touchdowns, ninety some odd yards total. It just I, I miss that Alvin. Yeah, yeah. And so you like when you see the types of performances you've gotten from Alvin the last month, really. You know the the obvious question would be, well, is he hurt? Right. No, he doesn't. I don't think he's hurt. He hasn't told. He, he's not on the injury report. He has not indicated in any way that he is feeling any discomfort. <laughs> it is very much a we can't get Alvin going, and. I don't – I mean, you you start to wonder, okay, maybe is he declining? And that that's why, like, oh, someone said he lost a step. You know, because that's a reasonable explanation for why someone might not be able to top 50 rushing yards for a month. Um, but I don't think that's the case. I think it is, in part, being down Eric McCoy is, makes it very difficult to run the ball. And also, in part, teams are keying on Alvin, and the Saints are just unable to find a way to, to scheme him open. Yeah, and, you know, for for this – team to be successful Alvin Kamara's got to get into the end zone more than three times on the year well I mean you say it's more than three times if you just erase that Raiders game he has 13 mm-hmm. games with no touchdowns so yeah <laughs> right and wild to think that Alvin Kamara has three just three touchdowns and four fumbles on the year mm-hmm. yes back with more bizarro NFC South football talk here on first take Steve Geller along with Jeff Nowak give us a call on the Oakland Hard Jewelers talking text line 504-260-1870. Back with more after this on WWL Saints Radio. Back on first take, Steve Geller along with Jeff Nowak gearing up for a noon kickoff in the Caesar Superdome. And it's NFC South battle, even though I know both teams aren't as exciting this season. It's still Saints-Falcons. 
And we're getting closer to that time. We're getting closer. We're getting closer. Oakland Heart Rolex time check. About three hours, three minutes, and 38 seconds. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Until kickoff. Throw out the records when these two teams meet up because you're going to have to because <laughs> otherwise you'll have a miserable time. Saints-Falcons, 4-9 versus 5-8. and eight. Winner, still bad. <laughs> you know, and we joke about it, obviously, during commercial break, and we're like, oh, thank God, there's just two home games, four games left in this miserable Saints season. But, like I tell everyone else, be careful what you wish for because at the end of it all, you are going to miss it. Yeah, you're going to miss it, and I, and I do think that to an extent it's just like, you're trying to rush to the end because you want to change things. Yes, like you want to get a reset and you want to try again. And that's the frustrating thing is it feels like it's it, it's been that way for so long. <laughs> like you saw it coming from so far away. And like because if it's like the last couple games, if they don't matter, you're like, okay, you know, that's stunk. But, you know, at least we had some fun football to watch. This season has been like from week four on. It's been, man, Oof. this is over. Like the, this isn't going to get any better. And, you know, you kind of tricked yourself into thinking it might. You shut out the Raiders, you know, you beat up on the Rams, and you're like, oh, maybe they're finally going to turn this around. They never did. And so it's just been this really, you know, you know, it's like I, I, I watch the Giants as a hobby, right? Because I work when I watch the Saints game, so I like to have a team that I can just get emotional about and yell at the TV, and I can't do that in the press box or they'll get mad at me. <laughs> um, and so, like, that's what it's been like watching the Giants for the last several years, and they've been picking the top five of drafts. And at the, at the end of the day, you're like, well, they're getting better every year. They're getting better. They're getting Evan Neal. They're getting Andrew Thomas. And those guys are stars. And now, all of a sudden, the team is better. And, and that's what's been so infuriating this season is you don't get that benefit of being bad. Because that's how the NFL works. That's how, it's, that's how the parody exists. Because being really bad means you get the best players in the draft. And that's, that's what makes this season so tough to, to stomach is you don't get better. You just have to try again because you don't get that top 10 pick. The Eagles get better. <laughs> you know, and uh, it's just frustrating, and that's what makes you just want to you just want the season to end, so that next season you can be like, well, at least this year we're we're restarting on an even playing field with everybody else, because it doesn't feel like that this year. Well, at least there is to the hope of recouping a first round pick too with the moving of Sean Payton, unless he decides to miraculously come back yeah. and coach here, which we we heard a little bit of, about that that. New Orleans is still <laughs> available, an option for him to come back and coach, which yeah. I think is pretty funny. Well, we don't have to go into this here, but if you want to go listen to the podcast, I went through like a 10-minute <laughs> rant of the only scenario that makes sense to me of why if, of Sean Payton may be coming back, and it's if he comes to town like holding Tom Brady on a, you know, in his arms. Like, <laughs> sorry, guys, <laughs> would, you, would you like to hang out with Mr. Brady for a couple years? You know, that would make sense. But either way, like, I don't – it's not worth going down that road. And, and, yeah, sure, if you get a pick or two, if you send him out to – LA you know great but it's not something you can bank on by any stretch no and we're hoping that the bidding war goes up for Sean Payton too yeah. to recoup as many picks as we can well, here's uh, the thing if you want if you really want a bigger turn for Sean Payton root hard against the Chargers for the last couple weeks because if they flame out and miss the playoffs they're gonna have to do something Steve Geller and Jeff Nowak here on first take enough of that draft talk we're gonna get more into this game against the Atlanta Falcons Saints kicking off in the Caesar Superdome at noon. The Bud Light Countdown to Kickoff will be coming up after first take, but after right this news break, it'll be one more hour of first take here on WWL. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.